You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here, and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Woo, boys. First of all, bro, let me tell y'all this story. So I was taking my turtle for a walk the other day, and come to find out that when I dropped my grandma off at daycare, that LeBron was playing the Teletubbies on TV because he couldn't eat steak yesterday. I love that you're just throwing out random words. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good way to start it off. What the hell are you talking about, Tom? Are you okay? He just woke up from a nap. So, you know, he's he's in his dread day. No, there's this, it's this guy on TikTok that calls his friends and tells some stories that don't make sense. And Cynthia was showing me on uh, TikTok the other day. I was like, I got to open the podcast like that one day, see y'all's reaction. So back to our more traditional opening. How was your weekend, fellas? Well, I'll start. Uh, I was invited, well, I guess somewhat invited to join... <laughs> D'Angelo and Disney, but they went on a Thursday and Friday. Well, I have coaching, so I can't do that. And they were not able to go on the weekend. So I did not get to join them in Disney, which is a little upsetting because I, I usually try to join them. So I don't understand why my weekend. that didn't win a fucking game last year. Hey, why are you we're trying so to win dead? a game. We're going to win a game. We got we to gotta win one, right? We can only go up. All right. Okay. All right. I I see you about the kids, man. I'm proud of you. Dang right. You are about the kids. It's not about the wins and losses in life. It's about helping the it's kids. It's about the lives you touch, right? About helping kids. Yes. <laughs> not helping kids. Yes. <laughs> Is that all you did, man? Like yeah, no you know. nobody inspired you while you was at practice, like. To go do something positive. We have a scrimmage going up this week, so we'll be a uh, we are not a scrimmage. Our spring game is this Friday coming up, so it's going to be interesting to see how we play and how everything comes together. So I'll, I'll keep you updated for next week. You'll get the update for that. Uh, okay. So you so you mean you couldn't make it to Disney with your second family because you was with your first family? No, with my helping kids. You know, changing lives. Oh, okay. All right. I was just, I was trying to put words in your mouth, but you wouldn't allow me to do that. Can't let that happen. (laughs) Well, you can have the floor now. Okay. So this is what I did. Before I give you the floor, I got to make this little rib I gave on time on uh, social media. So he posted a video of him teaching his baby to swim or something in a pool. And D, you have to look it up. Because I swear on everything I own, he looks just like the wrestler Earthquake. His he had a one piece <laughs> bathing suit on that would literally look like Earthquake. It had well, black, it had white, and then it had red. It no. looked like Earthquake suit. He just don't he didn't want to claim it, but he I put, put a side done in a one piece. No, no, oh. no. Time was in a one piece bathing suit, and it looked like <laughs> Earthquake for the wrestler. No. It was, I mean. Just look it up. You'll see my picture I posted I on it. It looks just like a Bill Fat guy. The, the <laughs> I didn't want to listen to me. The picture he put beside it is great. It does look just like it, but it was a tank top, not a one piece. It didn't look like a tank top. You had a tank top <laughs> so, tucked in, Tom. You had the tank top tucked in, didn't you? No, I did not have the tank Ultimate top. Ultimate white guy feel. Unbelievable. 
So this is what I did this weekend. I took the family to Disney World. We checked the kids out of school on Thursday, like uh, kind of early, and we was going to get there to the parks. Uh, we got to the park. So first of all, if you guys are Disney fans, we're a Disney family. We 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 have season passes, and we go down as much as possible. And we hadn't been able to travel for a year to Disney, so it's been it's been rough for us because. And we're affecting Disney. If Disney collab with anybody, you know, we're taking a real close look at you know how many items we're gonna get because that damn mouse. And Minnie Mouse and the the other characters that come along with Disney has single-handedly integrated into our life. I get it, right? Check them out of school Thursday and we go. This is what I do not understand about theme parks just in general. And maybe, Gary, you and Tom can help me with this. I don't understand people that come to the theme park in heels or and or in flip-flops like not the thong flip-flops but like the the flip-flops that you wear like the the flip-flops like and walk around the entire park and their feet not hurt or them not fall and scratch themselves up or something maybe i'm just a goofy person maybe that's just me but i think excessive when you come to the theme park like that. I mean, maybe y'all can help me, you know, shed some light on this, but the people that wear high heels at a theme park and the ones that wear flip-flops at a theme park, how, Sway? Tell me how this is even possible. Well, I can get away with wearing flip-flops, but I don't do it very often because, like you said, your back starts hurting, everything starts hurting by just walking in flip-flops. I think having the shoes has a support. But I will say, you did wear uh, little strap sandals one time and you had me wear some too and they gave me the biggest blister i've ever had (laughs) and i promised to never wear them again and i've not touched them since because they were terrible they're chocolate they were terrible to walk around the park in bro and you had this great idea oh everybody's gonna wear them and everybody was wearing them and I got this huge blister, and I said never again. So I can put you in that category because you've done something similar. But I, with the heels, I don't understand how anybody would wear heels at a theme park. That does not make sense. Unless, I guess, if you're doing the, the marriage things, I know they do some uh, marriages no, there where if you're wearing heels people. there. But if you're just normal person, no. Yeah. Unless you're just trying to work on your calves, there's really no reason to do that. Yeah. I, I'm gonna tell you what really what really got me. And this is I got two pet peeves now that I didn't know that I had that I now have. One, this is my number one, just going to this theme park because we went to Disney World this weekend and there was a lot of things that I had to take take from it that I want to unpack on you guys. It really bothers me when I'm at an event or I'm at a theme park. And something happens to the person in front of me, like maybe uh, they forget something or they're looking for something and they stop right there in the floor of track running over and getting out of your way so so everybody can keep moving. But when they just stop right there and just clog everything up, like, bro, keep moving. Like, go over to the side. If you need to tie your shoe or if you, um, you know, if you're looking for something and you don't know where you put something at, Man, just pull over. Just pull over. Don't stand right there in the middle of the road and while people are walking in the in the middle of the walkway and jam everything up. 
Like it's like the equivalent of the traffic man in an accident. You know how you, you traffic back up? That's how it is when you walk in in normal life at a theme park and somebody want to just sit there in front of you, stop, bend over to tie their shoe instead of pulling over to the side or, oh, man, did you see where I left my wallet at? Like, oh, and they just stop right there to check to make sure everything is where it is instead of just pulling over burns me up bro i don't know has it ever happened to you and how do you feel about that well i've seen it get you mad but i've also seen you do it occasionally but but yours was dealing with the kids you try to get out of the way but there's sometimes obviously you can't but i do agree if you're just doing it just because like some people do it look at their phone they'll get a message and they'll stop because they can't walk and read their phone at the same time so but i so i understand that because i've seen you get frustrated with it at times but I agree. It, it should be like a traffic aspect. You treat it like traffic. If something's happening with your car or you pull over to the side, you get out of the way so you don't get ran over because like you, you make a, you make a pile up and that's what you do at theme park, especially when, when everybody's there and it's fully open and you got thousands and thousands of people that happens all the time. And it definitely is a frustrating thing. Okay. This is my number one pet peeve that I picked up from the park. And then I'm going to move on to the rest of my weekend. Because <laughs> this one right here burns me the hell up. Time you can cut this one however you want to cut this one. But this right here burns me up. Let's just it's a family of five. Okay. And this family of five is walking together. News flash family of five. You don't have to walk side by side taking up the whole damn sidewalk. Okay. If it's five of y'all, go two, two, and one. Somebody ain't going to make it. Somebody ain't going to make it. It ain't no way in here. All th- and this go for you, time, your girl, and your son. If y'all walking, all three of y'all don't need to be three wide walking down the sidewalk. Either the wife ain't going to make it or the girl ain't going to make it or your son, he going to have to walk by himself. Somebody, you going to have to pick and choose. I'm a family of six, and we go two, two, and two, okay? We, we make sure that we go two, two, and two because if we go six wide, it's going to really clog up some stuff and people are going to be behind us. So I'm just letting y'all know, you do not have to walk side by side. That many people. Like I could deal with two, but three, four and five, like you're doing too much. Somebody going to have to get behind and see the back of somebody's head. Okay. You're going to have to do that. I'm, I'm just telling you, that's my number one pet peeve that I took from the theme park because people want to walk side by side. They don't even be talking to each other. They just be walking, bro. And I'm like, they be side by side, five, six, seven deep. And I'm like, bro, either y'all need to stop coming this big as a family because y'all clogging up stuff or figure it out, man. I, I, I don't know how you feel about that, Gary. Time, I'd love to hear how you feel about this because y'all can go three deep. And I, I've even had this conversation with Gary. Like, dude, we, it, it's just... We 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 went to Universal, um, and it was what forty or fifty of us. Now, can you imagine forty or fifty of us deep side by side trying to walk next to each other? Y'all would be like, "Oh, that's stupid. That's insane. That's how it look when five or six of y'all walk side by side." So think about the next family out at a theme park, or you out at a carnival or an event, and y'all want to walk side by side. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Yeah, I would say I think the most is three. I think that's the most you should do. I think maybe you can get away with four if it's not busy. If it's busy, then you get three. But if it's like, cause I say, like, we went to some of the 
haunted uh, Carowinds, not Carowinds, the haunted place in uh, Ohio. And there was like eight of us. We went four deep, but it wasn't packed. So like you can go oh, okay. four deep, but if it's if it's packed, I think the most you can do is three, especially because if you got kids and stuff like then you can have both a kid on each side type stuff like that. Because I know you have a stroller that fits two, so you probably have right. two in the stroller and then your two two. So right. that's how your four, two 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 is. But right. uh, so I can understand that. I can definitely see how I've, we've obviously I think everybody has seen six seven deep wide, especially and even like I will say like if you go and you see the schools or the the foreign the foreign exchange students or like the the foreign trips that come from other countries they come to these places they walk in a line of two they're in 30 deep but they're in a line of two they're not in a line of 15 they're in a line of two and they stay in a line like it's like school and they know how to do it they stay they stay organized that way but i get a lot of people it's they're on their free time so they're gonna do what they want which is understandable but then at the same time, you're not respecting everybody else, and you'd be mad if they did that to you, and you had to change the way you're walking and all that kind of stuff, and you got bumped into, you would get a little upset like that. And that's how people are. People want it when it benefits them, but when it's against them, they don't They don't like it. What you got, Tom? Yeah, so for me, I think it depends on a couple things, uh, how crowded the environment is and uh, you know how small the space is you're walking in. But, I mean, you know, for family like ours i mean usually we're gonna have brayden in the stroller so really we're only walking too deep with the stroller or two side by side um but at a certain point too it's like when you sit at a table you don't sit at a table like in a line so i feel like it's better to like you know kind of stack the rows of you know walking because then you're actually near your people whereas if you got 10 people deep and y'all all walking in a straight line well, person one and person ten, they might as well not be walking with each other in the same group. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. so you're not really instead of going like five by five to where y'all are still like in the same vicinity. So I think it just depends on, you know, how many people you have total. But I can definitely see that yeah. being annoying if you got the whole family reunion out there looking like they're stopping a protest or something. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. It, it it was bad. But then before we even got there, we you know, we booked our you gotta book reservations, right? And, uh, you know, we were going to drive down there. But then this, uh, the pipeline, no, and maybe somebody can help me. I just thought, I, whenever something happened to us, they always tell us to change our password. Why can't they just change their password, man, and just move on? Why everybody out here panic buying gas? Like, it's the stupidest shit ever, bro. It almost cost us. A vacation to Disney because we were going to drive because I didn't want to buy plane tickets to go down there because I thought it was excessive to take plane tickets versus driving. But they they made that decision for me because everybody started panic buying gas. And I'm like, okay, everybody panic buying gas and then gas go up. And I'm just like, hold up. Like, isn't that illegal? So I'm trying to figure out one, why did gas go up? And I'm I'm sure you guys know you're going to talk about that. And two, if price gouging is illegal, why is it that you can call a state of emergency to stop people from price gouging? What you have to call something that's illegal from the first place? I'm I'm because I saw gas at two forty nine or two thirty nine or whatever. Pipelines go down. There was people on the news saying that they was paying damn near ten dollars a gallon for gas. If that's not 
the pure definition of price gouging, then I I don't know what is. So I, I'm trying to figure out what the hell is price gouging and why the hell are we panic buying gas when, I mean, there's a lot of people that drive cars. I get that. But why why are we panic buying gas? Why do we all have to go get gas at the same time to where we put ourselves in the situation that we're in? This is not the new toilet paper. Like, calm down, calm the hell down. The pipeline was back up like a day or two later, and everybody was still panicked buying gas. So somebody please explain to me how price gouging is illegal, but yet people they be like that drug conversation where drugs are illegal, but people still do them. I'm talking about this is a government, this is a government regulated thing. It's, it, it's mind blowing to me. I don't, I don't even know if I even know what price gouging is anymore. So you had two big different questions in that one. Yeah. So technically you had three because you asked about the pipeline. So the pipeline, obviously, hacking. Hacking sucks. It happens all over. People are smarter than people that are running these things. And they shut it down. And I think that was what led to the shortage. And I think the only reason we ran into a shortage was because people started panic buying. If people don't hoard, we don't run out. I don't think we have the shortage, but when you what, have what people, triggers the hoard though, that's what I'm trying to figure out. What because, triggers because that? they think because they I think a lot of people thought the pipeline when it went down, oh, we might not have gas for a month. They don't they don't understand. They're gonna get it back up rather quickly. You're gonna get your gas back. It might be a couple days, yes, but like it's not gonna be like the end of the world. And I think people always every, treat everything like it's the end of the world because you had people filling up plastic bags with gas. That yeah. how how you do that makes no sense. Why would you do that makes no sense. And then you also had I literally saw a, a picture of a guy who had this giant, I mean, it might have been a 200 gallon tub in the back of his truck filling it up with uh gas. That's definitely hoarding and that's the reason why there's a shortage. Now how bad do you how bad of a person are you now when you see gas is back, we're pretty much back to normal and you have all that still 180 gallons in there. Like, you, are you going to be able to fill that up? You're going to do whatever you're going to do with that with, within the time? Or I, I don't understand. Like, I, I have I have uh, four 12 gallon thing, four 12 gallon like gas cans that I use at my house, and I fill them. I didn't fill those up, but those I usually keep those full because I have four wheelers and jet skis, so I don't always have to go fill up at the gas station when I leave. I can just do it from the house and go. So, but I don't, I didn't go by, fill those up with gas. I wasn't that worried about it because if anything, we're going to have a shortage for a day or two. It wasn't going to be three weeks, a month. And I think that's what people were trying, what they expected to happen. But it still wasn't a shortage though, Gary. It was a, it was only a shortage because we panicked. Yeah, correct. It was, there were, they said there could be a shortage in certain areas and then everybody panicked by it and made it a shortage. And I think yeah. that's the same thing, thing people do. Like when you panic by the toilet paper and all that stuff, it made a shortage for everybody else. And at that point, everybody's only thinking about themselves. It's like every apocalypse movie you see. Everybody go gets everything they can for themselves. Screw everybody else. It's about them at that point. Bro, and that's the way it is. That's it's what people crazy should. because everybody during this pandemic, Gary, has been talking about we all this we all this together and the moment these fuckers say something about like something closing down they run and go get the toilet paper they hoard toilet paper and then they hoard gas two different things that has nothing to do with the 
the the pandemic that's going on. That's what's crazy. Have anybody ever seen any of the apocalyptic movies? The person with the 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 working car is the first person that dies. Correct. That's the one that stolen. everybody go after <laughs> and kill. Stolen. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So why would you want to be the last person with gas? Like that's stupid. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, and then you go into the price gouging. We actually saw a price gouging during like the lockdown. One guy bought a crap ton of hand sanitizer and disinfectant and was trying to sell at out, outrageous prices. And he actually got, uh, I think he got arrested for it and fined for it and all that kind of stuff because of price gouging, like you said. But it seems like to me when you price, when people price gouge, when it's like a big company, like whether it be Walmart, a supermarket, or a gas station, they're exempt for some reason because you see it all the time. Even like my dad goes to the store and gets groceries. I go to the gro- store and get groceries. Before the pandemic, you could get uh, the same one can of we always get of like vegetables. It'd be like 89 cents. Well, when the pandemic hit, it jumped up to a dollar forty nine. It hasn't went back down. It stayed that same price. So, what justification do they have to lower the price back down to what it was? Because now they know everybody's going to pay it. So they're just going to leave it. To me, that's still price gouging because of the exactly. Situation that's we're what I'm in. saying. But no I think what... I think oh, the, no, you're good. I think bigger. I think bigger companies seem to be in air quotes exempt from that kind of stuff because like gas like you said gas might have been 240 when we hit a little bit of a shortage it skies rockets to 305 and stuff like that and to me that's a price gouge it should be illegal they do it if a personal consumer buys everything and tries to sell it and they catch them they can hit them with it but they don't seem to hit like big companies for some reason that i don't understand because they should it should not be it should be fair for everybody and it shouldn't be price gouge because now you're only catering to people that have the money that can afford it. Because some people might be struggling. They can't pay the, the prices you're gouging out. And then they're just screwed. And that should not be the thing. Everybody should be treated the same. And it's unfortunate that companies are able to get away with price gouging, which is a sad thing because that should never happen. Time? Yeah. So for me, it's uh, you know it's a simple uh, supply and demand uh, you know equation. If you have a shortage, like you said, and then mass panic because people think that for whatever reason they need to go buy up all the gas, it's going to create a higher demand and a lower supply. And so the, the price is naturally going to go up. I don't think it's price gouging at that point. It's naturally going to go up when there's more people that want something and less of something available. But My real quick, real quick, why why should it go up though? Why can't right. it leave to be the same? And then when you run out, you're out. Why do you have to raise it to make sure you make more money? Because you're not getting any more in, so you're not paying those fees to get in. Like the short using the gas, for example, they weren't getting any more supplies. So why would you raise the price to make more money, knowing you don't have any more coming in? Because you're not paying more for it right now. You're gonna be paying the same price you were paying beforehand, but you just made a couple extra hundreds of thousands of dollars by raising the price right you ran out to well, me that's price gouging right well i mean you know the fact that gas is just all over the place already anyways because it's a you know a resource that can fluctuate in price i just think that it's going to be different because as we've just accepted it as it's a different product be but you know it'd be different if like we go to the store and target it is selling uh you know, toilet paper for $15 a roll 
because toilet paper shortage was happening. That that to me is would seem different, even though it seems like it would be the same uh, concepts. But I, I mean, it's just it's just it's just basic economics to me as far as if there's it's not small... basic economics. It's not basic economics at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the definition of price gouging. Price gouging occurs when a seller increases the prices of goods, services, condiments, uh, commodities to a level much higher than considered reasonable or fair, right? So they, there's a there's a they call it a state of emergency in North Carolina because uh, once you cause a state uh, once you call a state of emergency, you're not allowed to raise the prices of certain goods. So they call a state of emergency for gas, and the reason why they call a state of emergency for gas is because the prices were starting to get out of control. So if the definition of price gouging is excessive. Uh, taxation or raising the price. I guess the de- I guess we would have to define what's excessive, because it seems like you saying, "Hey, because demand is high and supply is less, then companies should be able to charge whatever the hell they want to charge." But they're regulated by the government, though. See, I think a lot of it. Not to keep cutting you off time, but I think a lot of it should be based off of what you're paying. So, like, if you use gas, for example. If gas prices to buy a barrel of gas goes up, then yes, you're in all right to raise your prices. But if gas has not went up at all, if stays, it actually went down or stayed the same, to me, when you raise your prices, now you are price gouging. Even if there's not a supply or not, you're just because you're, you're trying to make more money. And now if, if you see it's a shortage and you're still paying the same amount, you're not, it doesn't go up for you. To me, that's when it becomes price gouging. Now, if, if the prices go up for per barrel or whatever, or if it went up per pallet for toilet paper or whatever, then, yeah, you have a right to raise the price to match what you're paying now because now you're paying more. You're just trying to get the same amount. But when you skyrocket it up to get more and you're not paying more for, to receive the goods to sell, then that's what, to me, should be the definition of price gouging. Yeah, and on Fine. top of that, just just to add to that, Gary, just to add to that, it's very similar to hotel rooms. I when we went to uh, Yellowstone National Park, man, we was paying fifty four dollars a night for rooms because it was in the off season. And the lady told me at the front desk, she said, during the season, these same rooms you got for fifty four dollars are three hundred and fifty dollars. And I'm like, damn, like what's the definition of price gouging? Because again, twenty five percent. I just read here, uh, and I, I'll read it to you guys. Uh, commodities or lodging by more than twenty five percent during a declared state of emergency to avoid violation figures the price charged for each of the previous thirty days. Add the thirty daily prices, divide by thirty, and multiply the price by twenty five or twenty five percent to determine the maximum price increase allowed for any one day. So they can't they can't increase it more than twenty five percent a day during the state of emergency. So based off how it's regulated, a hotel room or anybody else can charge you whatever they want to charge you as long as it's not in the state of emergency. But I guess my question is, is during the state of emergency for gas, if they put that in place and it's in place for three or four days, does it also freeze the prices of every other thing, like hotel rooms and everything else, or is it only in act or in place for gas at that particular time? Well, I know during hurricanes, 
they can't raise the rate of hotels if people have to evacuate their house. They're they're not allowed to because I don't know if they call it a state of emergency, but I don't I know a lot of hotels don't raise their price when stuff like that. Now there are some that have, but for the most part they don't because it is like you're expecting something gonna happen. So you're trying to accommodate people, you're not trying to rip them off. But time, I'll let you finish your thing. I didn't mean to cut you off. We both did, but sorry. Oh no, you're good. I mean it's it's just the thing is where the reason price or you know a supply and demand is the thing is because as stuff gets more scarce, you're gonna have people that are willing to buy it at a premium. So why not sell it to someone at a premium that wants to buy it? And I hate you, Tom. I fucking hate you, bro. True, it's true. And so that's why and so like if people don't want gas prices to be high, you know, well, stop using You do realize we're going through a pandemic, right? What's well, that got to do with it? I would say I would say with your comment though, time uh, yes, gas. Everybody needs it to get to work, though. So you're gonna you're forcing people to have to buy it because they don't have a choice. Now, hotels, yes, you have a right. I think you whatever you can make that you can make that assessment or that thought that thought. But even with hotels, yeah, if somebody wouldn't do, but you don't do every room that price. I think you do maybe a couple rooms when you're getting close to sold out. Maybe you have them. You sell your normal rooms at a hundred dollars. When you get to like 10 rooms, okay, if you want to raise the price for those last 10 rooms because supply and demand's down, that's fine. But I don't think every room should be $500 because it's in season. Right. That, exactly. That's well, a 300% increase. If you can fill it at $500 then as a business, well, why wouldn't you? They don't have a choice. That's the thing. The people that are traveling don't have a choice but to pay those prices because all of the hotels are going to be that price. Right. They're in the season. So like, but in the off season, like D said, he paid $54. Like, right. So That's you're telling me, <laughs> I, I, I know, I understand that, but I'm saying that does, still doesn't make it right. If I know businesses are going to do that. If business, why not? If you have people that are willing to pay it, your business trying to make money, then you're going to pay it. If there aren't people that don't want to pay it, then you can't charge it. You're going to have to lower your price. Yeah, but I'm also, I'm pretty sure that they're making money on that $50, $4 a room too. Right. right. It, I, but I, it I, doesn't I, matter. It's a business. Business price exists gallon, for bro. a reason. Like price gouging. I'm I'm again, I just define price gouging when the price go up. I price gouging and <laughs> supply and demand sounds the same to me. You know what I just I just realized? I'm having a supply and demand discussion and price gouging discussion with two penny pinchers. That is exactly why that y'all is so, true. That's why y'all so mad about this right now. <laughs> That's the real reason that the like, gets so high. I, I even said when we had to get when the gas was shorted, I was like, I'm not leaving my house. I don't care. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. I'm not spending any money. I'm I don't need the gas. I'll wait till it comes back up. If it's a week, I'm good. I don't need to leave the house. And and like, the hell did Florida people get so up in arms? The pipeline don't even come to y'all. I know. But I think the the <laughs> a lot of the distributors goes to Florida though. <laughs> it's just like that. Florida really out here acting a fool about this. Acting crazy, y'all all on the news and stuff, man. That y'all already surprise got... you. Right. No, it doesn't. It, it shouldn't doesn't. surprise you. It's Florida. It Come on. Doesn't. You're sure. right. It it doesn't, but it's still it's impressive that year after year, like the whole my beer gets more insane year after year, bro. Like you just like, oh, nobody ever topped this, and then boom, hold my beer, and I'm like, oh shit, they really did that. No, have y'all. Have y'all tried? I, I, don't, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, on a past podcast, but have you tried the challenge where you type in Florida man and your birthday 
and you look up like what crazy headline happened on your birthday? No, but I do it the year. So, so for, for example, I type in mine, Florida man, uh, and my birthday, and what pops up is Florida man ends police standoff for slice of pizza. <laughs> do, like, like, do you just do your day or do you do the year too? You do just your birthday, like just the day, just the day, not the year. Just That's type in Florida cool. man and your birthday, the month and day, and All read right. the top, top headline. You, you ready? Yeah. yeah. Mine is Florida man rides manatee, dares police to arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this even a thing, bro? Why is this a thing? Florida always has somebody doing some nonsense. <laughs> so, so, what was the, the, the lady that filled the bags up with gas? I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm going to let Gary fact check us. Uh, but what state do you think it was, Tom, that filled the gas, the, the, the grocery bags with gasoline and put them in her car? Uh, South Carolina. Uh, you. <laughs> I'm going to go Florida. Who was it, Gary? Uh, I didn't actually. See, I saw the video. I didn't see the place. I'm looking right now. It's South Carolina. I, I'm pretty sure it's South Carolina. Is it South Carolina? No, you said I'm looking right now. Four that days makes ago. Sense. They're the armpit of North Carolina. Always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it why was... I tell people all the time in Texas whenever they, because then you know they know I'm from North Carolina. They say, uh, or when are you going back home to South Carolina? I was like, whoa. That's like telling the Texan they're from Oklahoma out here. You can't you can't tell a North Carolina person they're from South Carolina. Oh, so, you, are, so are you from Texas now? Tom? No, I'm not from Texas now. <laughs> I do live in Texas now, but I am not from Texas. Are you still looking it up, Gary? Yep. It okay. didn't put the. It just said Carolinas. It didn't say. It's definitely South Carolina. Yeah. It's it's South Carolina, bro. You ain't even got to look it up. It's <laughs> South Carolina. I was hoping he didn't guess South Carolina that he was gonna get somewhere else. And I was going to get somewhere else, and we was just going to leave it there and not address the fact that it came from the Carolinas. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I, I do want to know this. And, and again, I, I have hijacked the podcast. I had a lot of questions over the weekend because I was thinking. I don't know if you saw this on the news, but Kelvin Benjamin, uh, last play with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, I played with him in Carolina. Gary, I think you played with him in Carolina too, right? I was gone before he came. Oh, okay. He was so I got his rookie year out, and and uh, we used to call him uh, Candace Parker. Was it Candace Parker? No, 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 no. Griner, Brittany Griner, because him and Brittany were like they were tall and like big time athletes at the time, because uh, that's when Griner was like really good at Baylor uh, before right? she went to the WBA. Huh? She was when she was at Baylor. Yeah, when she was at Baylor, she I think she had won like rookie of the year stuff like that. They they were very. They favored a lot of each other, so we, that was the joke in the locker room. Well, anyway, um, he played with the Kansas City Chiefs last. I think it was 17 or 18 was his last season at wide receiver. They're moving him to tight end, and he now has a shot at tight end for the Giants. Booger McFarlane famously said one night on either Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football that he was one Krispy Kreme donut away from being a tight end. Obviously, he's eating that donut, so now he's that tight end now. Which one do you think had better opportunity at tight end? A former wide receiver or a former quarterback in Tim Tebow 
who has the opportunity to make the team at their perspective positions at tight end, and who do you think uh, you think will be cut first? Um, tell me why, and, and I'll tell you what I think. Tom, we'd love to hear from you first because this is uh, – you're, you're on the outside looking in. Uh, we probably get a little more technical. So I want to just know from you because we've seen Kelvin Benjamin get bodied by a little small corner and Tim Tebow, he plays quarterback. So, you know, they're not seen as being physical. So who do you think has a better opportunity of making the team as a tight end? To me, it's Kelvin Benjamin. It's not even close uh, as far as who has the better chance of being successful at tight end because uh, wide receivers not – super far off from tight end as far as you know you might have more blocking responsibilities but as far as like running routes catching balls that's more in line with what you do as a wide receiver whereas a quarterback you wear a special red shirt so that nobody touches you so i was i you know tim Tebow. not saying tim Tebow's is not a tough guy i don't know him personally but it's just like that's going to be a completely different change my thing i think with tim tebow if he makes the team it's going to be purely on morale basis because he wants somebody like Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer does, wants somebody like Tim Tebow in the locker room because he's a winner and knows how to inspire people. As far as becoming a tight end, eh, I just don't see it. Don't see it. What about you? So I'll take it over. No, I, no, 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 Gary. Nope. You're the tight end in this. All right, go ahead. So <laughs> you're going to take it fucking personal. I'll yeah, go last. You go last. You go last. I honestly believe, uh, and, and I, I first I'm gonna give you the 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 pros of each one. The pros is, is Kelvin Benjamin is gonna be a real runner because he has that background as being a tight end. I mean, as being a wide receiver. So you're just gonna assume that his route running abilities are gonna be elite at the tight end level. Um, you look at Tim Tebow, and you got to know he's gonna know the offense because he's a quarterback. So you're gonna know he's gonna be crafty on getting open. Because he tells the wide receivers what to do and how to lean and stuff like that in terms of getting open and what he wants. So he's going to be very quarterback friendly, uh, if you get what I'm saying. Now, here's the cons of those pros. Well, Kelvin Benjamin is not a physical guy at all. I mean, I've seen him get bodied by corners left and right that were way smaller than him. So that's what he's going to have to put up with. I can't see for the life of me Kelvin Benjamin blocking. I, as a receiver, that's not something that they excel at, if you will, because they're receivers. You get paid to catch the ball, and the blocking is a bonus. Uh, not a lot of receivers take the ones that do take great pride in it. You hear about it and you talk about it on a daily, like, oh, he's the physical receiver. I've never once heard Kelvin Benjamin uh, uh, being described as a physical receiver. Now, moving to Tim Tebow. You look at Tim Tebow and you're like, oh, just the quarterback position just in general is a soft position. No quarterback that you've heard other than Ben Roethlisberger where you're just like, oh, he's a tough quarterback. But you don't say he's a tough quarterback because he lowered his shoulder. You just say he's a tough quarterback because they get absolutely railroaded and they get up. And you're like, oh, shit, he got up. And he kept moving. But I, I do think that Tim Tebow has the gust and the angst to go in there and be a physical blocker. I don't necessarily know like if he going to move some people because of his his stature and just the quarterback style of playing, but I think he has what it takes to be a really good blocker. His athletic ability 
will 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 play a part in him getting open like Kelvin Benjamin. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna err on the side of athletic ability, and I'm gonna say Kelvin Benjamin has a better opportunity at being a quarter. I mean, being a a, a tight end. But I think that both of them don't deserve this shot at tight end because neither one of them played the position and neither one of them have the experience and the knowledge of, say, a kid that's coming out of college that has played tight end their entire life. But, you know, I'd love to hear what you got to say, Gary, because you probably should feel you should feel embarrassed, shocked and shitting on the position because they basically saying a quarterback and an out of shape wide receiver can play your position. And be excellent at it. Okay. Well, let me clarify two things first. Everybody says Tebow's a winner. How Tebow, why is Tebow considered a winner? Because he won at Florida. He won one national championship. He won a Heisman. He won some games, yes, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that won games in college. He did he lead the team to a lot of wins in NFL? No. He is he he was not the reason they were winning those games. It was the defense was playing really good. That's the reasons why they won. It wasn't because of Tebow. When he went and played baseball, did he win with the Mets? No. So where did the the stigma of Tebow's a winner and everything he does come from? That I don't understand because there's a lot of guys that won in college, won a ton of games on less talented teams, and they don't have that winner mantra. So I don't understand that when you say having a winner in the locker room. I do know a lot of players won't enjoy that because they're going to think he's just going to go talk to urban Meyer about everything that happens. If he made the team, they, they would, I don't think players would trust him. And me, if I was on the team and I was a tight end, I'd be pissed if he was coming in and they were going to give him a shot over me. If I was playing and he, knowing he's never played before and he's older than me, I would be pretty pissed myself because like you said, that is disrespectful to the tight end position. He's never played it. Tebow at his best shape when coming out of the combine ran a four, seven, a four seven. That's not like that's what, not like what, legit. Hold on, Gary. Hold on. Before you shoot him down on running this four seven, there's a lot of tight ends that Dallas Clark, he was probably a four seven. He's but he also can run routes. Tebow's yeah. never ran a route okay. before. So what did you run, Gary? What did you run? Algie Crump. Four five seven. Ooh, don't so, flex on him, Gary. I'm, I'm, don't I'm flex just, on him. Go I'm, ahead. I'm be you. Like, but you don't have to be fast. I'm just saying at his best, he ran a four seven, but he's never ran a route before. So like it's not routes is yeah. not the re- like so it's a whole nother level when you add in routes and you got to do ch- move a direct change a direction on a quick turn and actually turn and turn your head get your hand around get your hands up and catch the ball and then still be ready to absorb the blow it's a whole nother level than just dropping back and then taking hits and or running with the ball and taking hits that's a whole nother, like D you know the difference between catching a ball and bracing for a hit versus just running you can prepare for a hit when you're yeah. when your eyes aren't looking at the defender and you're looking back for a ball and you catch it you don't know where you're getting get hit from you can get hit low high middle you don't know you just got to brace and then try to absorb and bounce off so but to go into everything so I don't think either one of them makes the team personally they shouldn't make the team. I don't think either one will make the team. If Tebow does, it will just be because of his friendship with Urban Meyer. I don't think it will have anything to do with his playing ability. It will be that and selling tickets. That would be the only reason he would, and I'd be very upset if I was anybody on the Jaguars team because of that. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, I think he has the better opportunity because, like you said, he's ran routes. He ha- He has the ability to catch the ball in traffic. He knows what all that is, but also, like you said, I don't think he can block anybody. No. They already have a receiving tight end in Evan Ingram. 
They don't need another one. You need somebody who's going to be able to block. So if Kelvin Benjamin can't block, how does he make that team? Because you're not getting rid of Evan Ingram. He's your best tight end. He's a, he's a bona fide receiver playing tight end. You don't need another one of those. I think they're just going to give him a shot. And then if he does well in preseason or whatever, he might get a shot at another team. Maybe he'll be on a practice squad or maybe he'll do something at tight end and get an opportunity to, to prove he can do it blocking because that's a whole nother level. Blocking, you don't have to be the biggest and the strongest, but you have to have good technique if you're not the strongest or the biggest yeah. because technique is what sets you apart from other tight ends when you're blocking. So I don't think either one of them makes a team personally. And I don't, I think Kelvin Benjamin has a better opportunity, but I don't still think it's going to be enough because uh, I've never seen him really block. I know a, a, when he played receiver, he didn't really block. So I'm not sure how that's going to change. I think I, I went on record way back when, when Tebow was drafted and said he should have moved to fullback or tight end at that point and learn from there instead of playing quarterback because he had the body type, he had the style for a tight end at that point, but not 10 years, 15 years later to try and go do it. That doesn't make sense because that position, people do it their whole life, and there's so much intricacies that people don't think about. I will contend with anybody that wants to, to fight with me on this. I think tight end is the second hardest position on the field other than quarterback. Because you have to know everything the O-line do. Get the fuck out So here. let me explain. So what does the quarterback need to know? All the calls the O-line make, all the receivers, all the running back, what they're doing, right? Well, at tight end, you have to know all the O-line calls. You have to block the same people the O-line block. You have to know all the routes the receivers run. You have to know, uh, you have to also run the routes against corners and safeties. You have to know all the running backs' responsibilities. So that way, when they don't get lined up, you can get them lined up. And also, you have to know the fullback stuff because oh, you can line up at fullback. So you literally have to know everything. You have to know everything the quarterback knows. The only thing that's different is you don't have the ball in your hand every turn. That's why I said the quarterback's harder because he's got to make reads. We don't have to make the reads, but we have to know everything everybody on the field is doing on offense. Running back, you don't need to know all that. You need to know offensive calls, and you barely need to know O-line calls, and then you just need to be able to run with the ball and catch out of the backfield. You don't have to do a ton compared to what the tight ends had to do. And you're never asked, hey, go block Julius Peppers on an island by yourself while the line slides away from you. That happens all the time, and tight ends don't get paid that kind of money to do that, but they get asked to do it all the time. So do I think Tebow and Bill, ben, Kelvin Benjamin can do that? Block Khalil Mack by themselves? No. <laughs> right. Well, I don't, right. I don't think that's fair. There's not very many people that can block Khalil Mack by themselves. I don't think either one of them can block any DN that's a rushing DN in the NFL right now, one-on-one, in a pass pro. I, I got to throw this out there, and I don't give a damn about Tom's fandom for this particular person, but if we're having this discussion about two former football players that play different positions, how the hell can somebody say that LeBron James can come into this league and play tight end and be successful at that position where we're talking about two players that have played in the National Football League at different positions that they shouldn't have this opportunity and how they're going to fail at this position when they try. And this guy going to tell us that LeBron can step on the field and be an impact. Because they're stands and they look at Antonio Gates. They look at like the two to three people that's actually succeeded doing it. And they use that as their their measure. And Antonio Gates, great receiver. 
wasn't really blocking a soul. No. And he was and the only reason he was a great receiver is because he had the explosion out of his break. It wasn't speed. He knew how to lull defenders to sleep. He he was very yeah. deceptive with how he ran his routes. That was taught to him. That was not something that he just naturally did. He was taught that because he, he was not a uh, fluid route runner. So, and like you can use, I, when we talked about speed, Jason Witten's a prime example. He is not a fast tight end, but he's so quick out of his routes and he's so sure handed, it works. Gronk's not a great route runner. Sure handed, big body. And he had Tom Brady. That makes a big difference too. So, like, there's a bunch of things that go into it that make some of these guys that had never played tight end. So like Antonio Gates, he had Phillip Rivers. That helps a lot. Phillip Rivers is like going to be the hall, a Hall of Fame quarterback when it's all said and done. That can be another argument if you disagree. But I think numbers-wise, he will be there. But he had that guy, and he was able to take him under his wing and make him what he needed to be. And Gates was able to do what he, use his ability to do it. Do I think LeBron could do it? No. It's a whole other different type of regiment training. It's a whole other type, whole other thing. And obviously now he's way too old. Right. We're not talking about now, but my man was an all-state player in high school. And listen, the, we don't want to hear that shit. We but, don't want to hear that shit. I'm you know how many all-state, all-American, right. all that. that I've heard of in high school that were trash right. because of the of competition that they played? Right. Now, you consider yourself a good basketball player, but you ain't playing against no damn body. Oh, Nobody no. at all. You're trash at basketball, <laughs> but because of the level of competition that you face, you're an all-star. Okay. So shut the hell up. I can't there, wait bro. to play you in basketball, first of all. Second of all, LeBron is an elite athlete. So his ability to run, jump, and catch and would just be good enough for him to at least be able to be, uh, let's say, a feasible tight end, or I don't know if he'd be wide receiver. He could, he's not quite fast enough to be a wide receiver. But um, if you're telling me that you don't think LeBron at that elite athleticism wouldn't have a chance at making the NFL, I think you're crazy. Obviously, right now he's too old. But there's so but, many. There's so many. You just don't understand. There's so many college athletes that had that same kind of ability that couldn't make an NFL either. Right, but like, my thing is, but my thing is, like, he's a super elite athlete, like Pep. Like he, he, he oh, so he's a super elite athlete for basketball. Football training, yes. whole different level than basketball training. If he would have dove straight into football, his whole body would have changed from a whole different route. And who knows? He maybe he could have, but I, I'm not going to give him all that credit and say yes, he would have been. That's a whole nother level of training that his body wasn't doing. I guarantee even when he was playing football, he was just using his athletic ability because he could out-jump guys at receiver. He wasn't doing anything special. I guarantee he wasn't, wasn't running a, a comeback with crisp routes. He was running a go, and they were just throwing it up for him. That's, that's, that's not doesn't make you a good receiver. That just makes you, hey, I have the athletic ability. You can use your favorite receiver of all time time. You love Randy Moss. Randy Moss was a terrible route runner. But he had the ability to jump and get up. All right. So what I'm saying is you don't have to be a complete receiver to be dominant. Randy Moss, you just said it. He wasn't the best route runner, which is a big Bro. aspect of wide receivers. And he's a did top you, three you, receiver. No, 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 no. Are, are you – I know you're not trying to compare Randy Moss and, and, and LeBron James as superior athletes right now, are we? No, what I'm saying is Gary just said that 
you know, there's many different athletes that aren't that, you know, might not be able to be good receivers because they don't check these boxes. And then he went on to make my argument for me and say, Randy Moss, one of the best receivers of all time, didn't check this box, but he had athleticism to go on and be a great receiver, which just proves my point more. LeBron has the elite athleticism that he could have been an all world football player. I'm sure. Randy Bro, Moss how many- trained for football. He didn't train for yes, basketball. Yes. That's that's why you're missing the whole aspect of training. He did not. He was not trained for football. He just went out and did football because it was easy and in high school level because he was so much bigger than everybody else. He was basically the same height he is now in high school. Right. You can name another six eight receiver that's ever succeeded in the NFL. There is not one. Right, because right. he would have got his knees torn. Literally, he would have got his knees torn. He's in not fast enough to play that big. position, and he's not physical enough to play tight end. That's and what people that's, don't understand. That's nonsense. No, that's a fact. That is a fact. He is you know not. What time? Oh, I'm not going to do this with Lord. you. I'm not going to do this with you. I'm not going to do again, this. Like you said, let's move on to the next. No, no, no I got to finish this because you <laughs> mentioned Rand- I mentioned Randy Moss. Randy Moss ran a four three. LeBron ain't running no four three on a football field. That's right. a whole nother level. I, he probably won't even run a four seven. A he probably end. won't even run a four seven. I, hold on, I'm gonna look up what LeBron James' hundred time is. See if we can figure that out. Hundred yeah, times not a forty. I guarantee it's less than four seven. What? A forty? I, I bet he's never ran a forty. No, nah, he's never ran a forty. I don't even think he's a track and field type of guy. He's not even a track and field type of guy. Like he was LeBron, a basketball. LeBron. This is on Bleacher Report. His fastest recorded 40 time is 4-4. So we need to see that actual proof. Stop not not a hand shit. timing, not Stop. somebody oh. just being a fan. And that was at 6 8 2 4 I'm, I'm out of here. Oh. I'm out of here. I'm done. No, again, you're going oh, – here you go. Over the summer, LeBron said he ran a 4-6. So which one is it? Well, maybe he runs a 4-6 right now. I mean, what are you talking about? I don't know. That's, that's another He's one of your older. Bleacher Reports. <laughs> Bleacher Report says his fastest recorded time is 4-4. Okay. I'm only, I'm only bringing up the facts out here. And Bleacher Report said that LeBron said he ran a 4-6. That's what I'm saying. Like, you Which need proof still less than 4 I don't, want, I don't want somebody saying that, oh, I ran a 4-6. We need actually proof of that, not just I could say I ran a 4-3. You going to believe me? No. You're probably not going to believe I ran a 4-5-7, but I did. Well, I can believe you didn't run a four three because I've seen you run and God way faster than you. <laughs> put it this way: I would still put money. I would beat Tebow in a race right now. Think so? Yes. I think we need to set that up. You think it, again? Again, I, it, that's not a knock on Tebow. Tebow never ran faster than a four seven. He right. his his game wasn't speed; it was power. Right. So there's a difference. So I, I'll put this in perspective for you. Tim Tebow runs now. What Michael Vick runs now at his age, <laughs> that his fastest time is what Michael Vick runs now at his okay. age. Hold on, Denzel, we're skipping over what just happened. In the world that we live in today, in social media callouts and using our platform to make things happen, Gary Barn, Gary, what's what are we gonna call him? Gary Footloose Barnage just called out <laughs> Tim Tebow in a forty challenge. And he's in Jacksonville, so I think we should be able to set this up. Well, I'm not going to challenge, but I'm saying I would probably run about faster four than him because he ran a four seven. I bet you I'm not going to run Gary. fast slower hold, than a four hold eight. Hold up, Gary. Hold up, Gary. I, I didn't hear that part. You tripping, bro? 
You are trip. You ain't did shit since you retired. So you're telling like, me right now if like, I ran a forty, stretch? I'm gonna run slower than a four eight. Bro, you ain't stretch again. I, do I ever stretch? Weight roll. Hold on. Hold on. Have I you ever stretched? Going up a flight of stairs, and you said have, you could beat Tim Tebow in a Have four? I ever stretched? Gary, I Answer look, bro. I'm with you on a whole bunch of shit, but I think you tripping now, bro. <laughs> you tripping now? Because I'm willing. I to didn't bet. hear that part. I don't know. I'm willing to bet Tebow runs at least a four eight right now. I'm not gonna run slower than a four eight right now. Gary, you go pop every fucking muscle in your no, leg, bro. I, I don't pull, stretch. Pull no, I disagree. I disagree. You're going to blow both quads? Nope. Your mother- <laughs> There's no way, Gary. Put it this way. You've literally done nothing but play video games hey. and eat, bro. You don't hey. even stretch. Here, we'll <laughs> use this as an example. So when we did our football camps in Boston multiple years now, I've been challenged four different times in races. Now, now this is I was done retired, so I've been challenged like four different times in races. Three times I've won. The one time I lost, the kid ran a four three, and he was a track star, and I had him for the first twenty yards of the forty. And how long ago was that? That was what, four what, years. What does ago. that mean? What, that is, four, what does four that years mean? Ago, no, it was three years ago. Three years ago. Sorry. A lot of life here. Three years, Gary. Correct. I, so put yeah, it this way: I've within the next, within the next two weeks, bro, you be winded at the top, like I, bent over, both hands on your knees. Oh, I can be winded after the forty. Long as I complete the forty, I'm good. So within the next two weeks, I'll get you a time forty on video, so you can see it. Oh, I Gary, like. There's no fucking way you're gonna get a Watch. four seven, bro, or a four eight. All there's right. no way, bro. We, I will. There's, I will. I've we will have the video for you. Back up, bro. There's no the way. We will have the video. There's no <laughs> way, Gary. There's no way. We'll see, are we gonna get? Are uh, we gonna get a video of Gary blowing out a hamstring? Bro, that's what we finna get. We finna get this shit. I, what we ain't gonna be able to do is smell the Bengay in the video because he gonna that. all that. You'll see. You gonna need to lube up. What? I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait, Gary. Look, bro. I look. I'm for you, man. I'm 100 for you. Like I'm one of those man that I got your back at all times. But I don't think you there yet, bro. You need to work on that. You tripping? All you right. tripping, Gary? sir. You think you I, literally can get off the couch and run a four seven or four eight? I said I will not run slower than a four eight. It will be four eight at the minimum. Well, we'll see. Oh, this that. is. Hey, I'm going to tell you what this is right now, guys. For all of y'all out there listening, Gary is that uncle that's just like, oh, yeah, I bet I could do this, or I bet I could do that. No alcohol involved or none of that, but he really, truly feel like he can do that, and he's going to get out there, and he's going to embarrass himself like, oh, shit, like, so and life is going to come to him fast. I'm not going to hurt myself, and how? what are you going to do for me when I prove you wrong? I don't have to do anything. You 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 can prove me. This is for the sake of proving me wrong, Gary. Don't don't do this to yourself. Don't do. You finna look like Adam Scheffner, bro. That's what you finna look like. You finna look like Adam Scheffner running this forty. You might as well just put a damn suit on. Wait, can't wait, sir. I don't don't do this to yourself, man. Do not do this to yourself. Do not do. I'm gonna tell you something, bro. And this is the God honest truth. I have been telling my son all weekend. This happened this weekend, and I forgot. it, it wasn't pertinent to now. I, my son is just like, hey, daddy, you always said that you was going to do a flip in front of me. I want to see it with my own eyes. I've seen you doing videos and stuff like that. So we're in Florida uh, at Disney World. We just got through eating, and I said I'm going to do it after. 
Man, I did that backflip. You know what I'm saying? I laughed, and he was just like, Daddy, you still got it? High-fived him and everything. Bro, I got back in the car, and in my mind, I was like, ooh, that shit hurt. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about bottom of my feet was hurting. I was dizzy a little bit, but I was like, I, I had to pull over, and the wife was like, you cool? I'm like, yeah. Like, I couldn't even tell her, like, yo, that backflip took a lot out of me i was tripping i still got it in his mind but that shit hurt that's how i know man you're not gonna hit no four seven or see, no four eight bro see, I, I i feel you it ain't gonna happen see gary gary feels like this is this is like the off season uh after an nfl you know uh season that he was that he was in but he don't really he's been out the game for a few years now but Speaking of the offseason, I want to bring up another uh, person that's transitioning to a sport. And let's talk about Fayetteville's own, the boy Jermaine Cole, playing basketball. We playing basketball. Do y'all think J. Cole has got what it takes to be a hooper? Hell no. I don't even know why that man even out there. That was embarrassing. That motherfucker had three points, three rebounds, and 17 minutes. Come on, J. Cole. Come on, man. This is this is a great this is this is a great celebrity crossover. Like you see all the it's all entertainment right now. You see where he got his opportunity at. It's all entertainment. This is the equivalent of that Mayweather, Paul fight, you know, all these like YouTubers and stuff. This is their opportunity to say, hey, you know, we've seen you. You've generated all this attention and stuff through social media on you playing basketball. Not only that, you're you're regarded as one of the greatest rappers of all time in the discussion, not as the one, but you're in that discussion uh, and you're dropping an album uh, that's coming out. So I honestly believe that this was a, a opportunity for J. Cole to maximize all his opportunities and the, the, the brand and the team that, he, that he's playing for saw it and they maximized their opportunity. This is a, this is the Tim Tebow in football. That's what this is. J. Cole is the Tim Tebow of, of, of our generation as it relates to basketball. I don't think he got what it takes. I think he needs to stay in his lane. We've said this a million times in terms of people don't take other people serious when uh, they're great in one form of uh, one art form and they're trying to break into another one. I'm saying he needs to stay in his lane. He's a great rapper. He's Again, he's regarded as one of the greatest of all times, and I think he's going to go down as such. But this basketball, it's not going to work. It didn't work for Master P. It didn't work for any other people uh, before or after him. So, I mean, I don't know what he's doing. And so I think the whole thing is he always said his dream was to play professional basketball. I think he always thought he was good enough to do it. I don't know if he's good enough to do it. I don't think he is. I think he might be serviceable enough in a foreign league because I, but again, his first game, three points. Yeah, it's not good in 17 minutes, but first game, maybe he can do something in those leagues. But no, he's never going to, he should never get a ch- chance in no D League, NBA, nothing like that just because of his name. I think this is like another, like you said, a publicity type of stunt to give him his ability to say he played professional because he wanted yes. and also can promote his, his new CD, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't, I, 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 I don't agree with it. I, I'm not going to, I I just I don't know I can't I don't want to knock it but I'm knocking when Tebow's coming back and doing when Tebow did it for baseball so I sort of have to knock it to stay true 
Uh, I, I don't think he deserves it because he's taken away from somebody else that might deserve that shot. Now, if he's actually if he comes out next game and puts up 20 in 17 minutes, I might change my tune. So we'll right. see though. But again, yeah, again, I, he's playing in a foreign league, so like, and I think it's a less, it's a small, like a lower level thing. So it's still professional, but is it? It's something that time might be have a chance to go play in, maybe with the way he talks. So who knows? Man, hell no, nah, he ain't even that good. He, <laughs> I can tell you this much, and 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 I want to say this time, and I don't give a damn how you feel and what you think, Gary. It's the same way with you, but I have to say this. I don't know if y'all saw that performance yesterday. But I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say this. Steph Curry is the greatest clutch player of all time. I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to disagree I'm going to say it again, Ty. I'm going to say it again, Ty. Because I know you're going to say some shit like Reggie Miller. You're going to no, say some gonna shit he's going to say LeBron. About, he's going to say LeBron. He's gonna, however, Steph Wardell Curry is the greatest clutch player of all time. And he should be the MVP this year. I'm not going to go there. I want to hear what you got to say, Tom, so we can end this podcast because I know you finna go on this long monologue about LeBron James or Scottie Pippen or Steve Kerr or uh, one of those guys. Uh, but I'm letting you know right now, not only is he the greatest shooter, but the greatest clutch player of all time. Who you got? You left him speechless. Uh, are we done? Are we done? I just... I, I, I thing is, I pride Cinnamon and Sugar's podcast on bringing facts and actual true information to the public, and I'm not going to allow this fake news to get spread through our channels. So you know what? I'm maybe I'll cut this out before I post it. <laughs> before I post it, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm going to say this. Look, I love Steph Curry. I love his game. I think that he is definitely uh can be clutch he is mvp he's the best if you want to say he's mvp this year i I don't don't have any qualms with that um but as far as i would have to look at the numbers to see you know how many um you know how he is in the clutch moments what 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 numbers do you have to look at what the fuck are you talking about it's like how many times in like there's there's like clutch stats where it's like last two minutes how you do taking over games how many last minute shots you've hit. I don't know who disappeared in games, but we ain't gonna bring him up, LeBron James. We're gonna let you finish your convo though. But it's funny it's funny you say that because LeBron James clutch stats are actually better than Kobe's and Jordan's if you want to actually know the truth. Because the only thing is that LeBron disappeared in was the Mavericks series, which yes, I cannot give him a pass for that, but. Ever since then, and even before then, he's had multiple occasions where he has shown his clutch gene. But we don't have enough time to dive into that, and we are not going to dive into that. And last but not least, I want to end the podcast with this. Just a one-word reaction or a one-sentence reaction from you guys. How did you feel about Joe Biden's tweet the other day where he said, the new rule is simple, mask up. Or get vaccinated, or wear one, or get vaccinated, or wear a mask until you do. What y'all think about that tweet? Okay, I I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I like the fact that he's drawing the parallels, or he's showing you, hey, this is the benefit of getting vaccinated, versus saying keeping everybody on the level playing field. Uh, I I like that it it'll 
in my opinion, I think it'll promote people to get vaccinated more. But again, I mean, I don't know because it's such a political statement now. Uh, I can say that I'm vaccinated. Uh, I'm fully vaccinated. So uh, I, one way or another, I mean, I, I don't really care. Um, I, I was going to play the vaccination game with y'all where you either take a side on whether you should get vaccinated or whether you shouldn't get vaccinated. And I take the other side and we see who wins that game. Uh, but we're not going to play that game because a, a lot of Americans and a lot of people around the world have lost their life to COVID. And I'm sure if they had an opportunity to get the vaccine, they'd go get it. Uh, so I, I don't know what the holdup is or what the issue is. But I, I mean, I like the message that he gave. He just came straight forward. He took a page out of Donald Trump's book and he said, hey, either you get it or you wear the damn mask. Okay. It's very simple and easy to read. Uh, it, I don't think it shows. I know there's going to be a lot of people going to be upset about it. I don't think he intended the way it sounded, but uh, I don't. I think this might be stuff people don't agree with. But even like with the thing of the CDC taking off the mask mandate or whatever like that, saying if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear it. I don't know how you enforce that. Because how are you going to prove who's vaccinated or not? And you can't force everybody to get vaccinated. I think the way people read it is that he's trying to force you to get vaccinated. I don't think that's the case. I don't think there should be a force for anyone to get vaccinated. That's on you to do what you want to do. Some people, they can't. I know there are some people that can't do it because it affects with their medication. It affects with like that. They can't get that kind of stuff. It, it would affect them. So some people physically can't get it. So they, they should still wear a mask so they don't contract it. I, I think it could have been said a different way because then it wouldn't have been construed the way it was. But it's the same thing with any, any president. Everybody's going to find something to critique and they're always going to hate for some reason, whether you disagree or agree. I think you should still have to wear a mask right now to, to a point because if you say the whole thing of, hey, if you don't wear one, you don't have to wear one if you're vaccinated, there's no way to prove who's vaccinated. You can't say, are you vaccinated? Here, show me you're vaccinated. You're not wearing a mask. I think it's more you just put it on the, the stores or wherever you're going. Let them make that decision. Don't make it known because then some stores are still going to make it where you have to wear a mask. There was just an issue where somebody said, oh, I don't have to wear a mask anymore because that's now the CDC, but it's still store policy. You have to wear a mask in there. So, and that was in California. So who knows? I think it was probably blown up more than it was, but I think it could have been said a different way. And then when it came off that way. In my opinion, Biden lost his damn mind tweeting something like that. <laughs> I, I, I said, the hell is this? It, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not even one that gets riled up about, you know, politics, but that came off very dictatorish to me, uh, to be honest. And I feel like if it, would, it had been something that Trump had said, boy, they would have been letting him have hell for saying something like that. But that's neither here nor there, as Gary likes to say. Hey, we out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits.